It's a snowy day here in Maine today. Absolutely is quite snowy out there and it's going to be a snowy day all day today. Uh, but we do live in Maine, so <clears throat> it ought to be expected. No big deal. No big surprise there. Today we're in uh, John chapter 11. Now, you might ask, how do we figure out? We seem to meander around, you know, from this chapter, this book. It has a lot to do with, with where Jesus was journeying and uh, things in the text that, that point to um, Jesus was in one place in one text, but then we understand he traveled and he the next place that he comes to um 
maybe shows up in another text. It's all about the map, really, in, in determining Jesus' travel routes is how we kind of determine uh, where where we're ending up in terms of looking at uh, uh, the various chapters. That's why we kind of meander around uh, among uh, some of the uh, various chapters uh, that uh, that we look at, and, and that's why they're not so sequential, uh, having to do with uh, the harmony of the Gospels and looking at the travel map of Jesus. So John chapter 11 today is where we're picking up. Let me get us right into that text. Um, now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that this, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So I'm just going to stop at that point uh, and uh, deal with that much of the text this morning. Maybe go a little bit further, but uh, I want to pull out some of the highlights uh, from the passage uh, in this section. I mean, we know the man's name, Lazarus. Now, any of you that are familiar with the Bible will know uh, exactly what's going to happen here. Um, but we, we need to consider the background of the story a little bit here. Uh, he, he, he's sick. Uh, he's from the town of Bethany. And uh, it's the village uh, of Mary and Martha where, where they live. So it's a man, his two sisters, and... They live in Bethany. Now, I'm going to put the map over for you and see if we can see uh, just where uh, this, this may be. Bethany is down just a little bit south of Jerusalem. You can, you can see it just a little bit south of Jerusalem. Uh, well, actually, you, yeah, you can see it. A little bit south of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is kind of in the in the lower uh, third of the country, the region of Judea, the brown in the bottom. Uh, Bethany, not that far from the Dead Sea, so that that gives you a little bit of context about where they uh, are living. We know about Mary. She's the one who whose sins were so uh, immensely forgiven that the Lord, uh, by the Lord, that she came to the Lord and wiped his feet uh, with her hair and poured perfume on his head. So, I mean, there there is this close uh, affection uh, that Mary has for the Lord because perhaps. We don't know all the all the ins and outs. Is this Mary Magdalene, perhaps, known? Well, there is a variety of Marys in the Gospels, 
But what we do know is that she is smitten with humble uh, adoration for the Lord Jesus. Uh, some would even conjecture to say that this this Mary uh, may be the woman of uh, John 8. Some would conjecture that. <clears throat> but what we do know is that she was forgiven in such a way uh, that she bought this very expensive perfume. Maybe she'd you know, if if she in fact were a woman of the night, um, <clears throat> maybe she had saved up her money to have such an expensive bottle. If you remember, the bottle uh, was uh, uh, we're told it's like a year's wages, very expensive perfume, and the disciples were quite upset about the fact that uh, that Mary would would uh, take this perfume, and, he, and they would say, "Well, we could have spent." Uh, we, we could have done so much with so much good with the money from that perfume, and now you've wasted it. And the Lord rebuked them uh, because uh, it was an act of worship. And I mean, even out of that, I mean, I tend to be a pragmatist uh, in in the sense of you know how do, how we take care of people versus uh, you know just just extravagance. And and, and for those who are extravagant. No big deal there. I mean, some people look at our our home and compare maybe to their home and think it's extravagant. I, I think it's modest. Um, but to become even more extravagant, it's just just kind of not in my DNA necessarily. Um, but when it comes to worship, the expense, how much can we expend in worship on the Lord? What is he worthy of? And that was kind of the point that he made uh, when Mary White uh, poured this perfume on his head. And the disciples are upset. I, I'm worthy of this type of worship. I'm worthy of this type of investment. I'm worthy uh, of, uh, am I not worth that much to you that you would pour out that much in worship? How much is the Lord Jesus worth to you? Uh, how does that show up in your worship? How engaged are you in worship? How much would you invest uh, in your worship? Uh, Mary invested like a year's wages in one act, pouring the oil on Jesus' head. Such an investment, such an extravagant investment, but it demonstrates the Lord's worth. Uh, and, and again, he rebuked the elders for rebuking her, uh, for for such an act, yet he is worth that. To think about what is Christ worth to you? Uh, what is Christ worth to you that, that you would say, hey, I'm not going to be kept from, from the joint worship of the believers. Uh, and so you would, you would make sure that you can make your way uh, to worship or uh, in your offering or in how you sing uh, or in how you express yourself. Now, I can tell you, I've had uh, times along the way when, when I have been so engaged in the worship of God while among the believers, while, while with the uh, gathered assembly, uh, that I was pretty oblivious to anybody else. And, and along the way, I've shared a couple different uh, illustrations of that. Uh, one illustration was with a, a large choir. We were at a camp meeting at Whitehall Camp in Emblenton, Pennsylvania. 
Uh, and I was a part of, it, it was a week long camp meeting celebration with like 3000 people. And I wanted to be in the choir. I was a teenager. I joined the choir. Well, one song we sang, I, I'd close my eyes and worship. We're standing on the stage in front of the whole crowd. And the worship leader had done one of those sit down types of moves to, to the choir. Well, I, I was left standing up because my eyes were closed because I was in worship. Uh, another time, uh, I think it was in Townville, Pennsylvania, so engaged in worship and just kind of oblivious. Uh, that can be good. That can be bad. But 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 what is Jesus worth to you uh, that that you would worship him? And then look at the the other act that is spoken of here in this passage wiped his feet with her hair. I mean, you talk about humility to to bow oneself down before another uh, and to actually take your hair and wipe somebody's feet. Now, remember, uh, their, their feet weren't clad like our feet. I mean, often it was more of a sandalish type of uh, footwear that, that they would wear. Their feet were often dirty. Uh their vehicles in that day, uh, their uh, residue did not go into the atmosphere. Rather, their residue went on the ground. Uh, in our day, it's the residue of, of, of the smoke of the exhaust. and In their day, it was the residue of the droppings from the donkey. So they would walk in, in places where there had been donkey droppings or camel droppings or cattle droppings or sheep droppings. And that was along the road uh, that they walked upon. Now, I'm not saying they walked necessarily through it, but that stuff would just kind of get ground into the roads. So you think about, you know, bowing down, you're going, this is disgusting. But it's making the point, is it not? Uh, How she bowed, wiped his feet with her hair. I mean, your hair, ladies, would you do that with your hair? Now, I would be more like kind of going like this because I or tickling his feet with my beard or something like that because there's not much hair on my head. But she perhaps had long hair and and was wiping his feet with her hair in that way. The humility of worship, the, the worth of worship. How much is Jesus worth that we would worship him? The... Uh, the humility of worship, that we would go to, to, to such lengths to worship him. So a little bit about Mary. Uh, we also know from another place uh, that these two sisters, um, Mary and Martha, had invited Jesus into their home on one occasion, and Martha was so upset. And we, we read this not that many, within, within the last few weeks, I believe, um, she was all upset because she was scurrying about the house, trying to make sure that the silverware was set just right now. Some of this I'm embellishing. I just want you to know that. But to, to modernize it, to make it understandable to us, she wanted to make sure that the silverware was right, uh, aligned just correctly and that all the dinnerware was in, in, in its proper place. And make sure that there was no dirt, not even a speck on the floor, no dust on the counters or on the shelves. Uh, all the all the cooking dishes were done. Uh, the 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 carpet uh, of the living room was vacuumed. The pillows were just so. Uh, 
um, Martha was wanting to impress them with, with uh, and, and this is a good thing in, in many ways, uh, in her hospitality. She wanted people to feel comfortable in her home. A very, very good thing uh, that uh, Martha did, but yet when it came to the choice between sitting at Jesus' feet, who was literally physically sitting in her home, uh, or scurrying about the house taking care of the details, she scurried about the house taking care of the details and was chiding at Mary. Mary, you're just sitting there listening to Jesus. You ought to be here helping me get this house ready. Uh, and ultimately, Jesus would say, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. And sometimes we do that. We scurry about uh, wanting to do this and wanting to do that and Excuse me. What if we would learn to sit at the feet of Jesus and make him the priority? Uh, even on a Sunday, I, I, there are Sundays I go into our uh, into our church building and I scurry about because, and I've kind of changed my MO over the years. I used to scurry about the church wanting to get this done and make sure that's just right. And, but now it's, no, I'm going to I'm going to settle my soul. I'm going to calm my soul. I'm going to try to greet people and uh, try to engage with people, try to love on people, uh, and then then try to love love God, uh, worship Father uh, as He is worthy of being worshipped. Now, back into the text, we see how it says in verse three. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, there must have been a uh, a rather close bond between Jesus and Lazarus that they would use this phrase, the one you love is sick. You hear my associate in the background here, Bucky, uh, with his bone. So sorry about that little extra noise here. Uh, in case you're wondering about my associate, it's, it's uh, my son's black lab who seems in the morning to like to be right here beside me on the wood floor with his toys. We'll, we'll see if he uh, quiets down a little bit. So, But there must have been a, a rather close relationship between Lazarus uh, and Jesus in so much that John would, would know how these sisters send this word and say, Lord, the one you love is sick. Um. Simply sending the word. Now, he must have been sick enough that they were concerned enough. It wasn't like he had a sniffle. Uh, it wasn't like he had It wasn't like he had a uh, you know, just just a little sneeze or something like that. It was significant enough of a sickness that they would send word to Jesus. Hang on a second. Rick, do not chew the chair, buddy. Puppies like to chew things like chairs. Um, so the sickness, uh, the sickness. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we're, we're concerned about a little bit of sickness. Uh, this is the type of sickness that's like he's in the hospital or, you know, he's, he's really, really sick uh, or um, it's critical or hang on just a second. I'm going to put the text up on the screen for you.
So we get into verse 4, and we see this. When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death. Now, it's significant that he says this because uh, he knows that it will end in death, but it doesn't end. Uh, Lazarus does die. We will find that here in the text here in just a minute. But the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So, I mean, even the sickness, sometimes when we experience things, we go, Lord, um, don't you love me enough to not allow me to be sick? Sometimes God wants to do something absolutely uh, significant through our suffering, through sickness, through heartache. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and... uh, basically said to them this, you know, the Lord was has been kind of talking to my heart lately and saying, how much harder do I have to make it for you to get the point uh, about uh, about what it is I'm wanting you to do? Uh, and that some of it has to do with some of this international travel coming up that the Lord has been prompting me for quite a while about these things. And I've been resisting. Well, I, I can't go away. I've got responsibilities. I've got you know, my wife is here, and it's like the Lord's saying, uh, no, you're supposed to go do this. And uh, so there have been things that have been difficult in the last several months, uh, and part of it is is like the more I push one direction, it's the Lord going, no, no, that's not what I want for you. So um, for us to understand these things, sometimes God allows things in our lives so that he may be glorified. He may be glorified in how he provides. He may be glorified in how he heals. Uh, He may be glorified in that a witness for him is given through our circumstance, and we we testify to how how it is that we've trusted the Lord. And he is glorified. Now, we know this from verse 5. About the relationship, I've already kind of referenced it, but verse 5 is very specific. It says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, we know that, that Jesus loves people, but it isn't that often in the text of Scripture that we see them singled out like this. In fact, this is one of the very few times that, that, that names are specifically mentioned in reference to the love of Jesus. Jesus loved Martha. Jesus loved Mary. Jesus loved Lazarus. There was was a bond there between them so much that that John notes it. And uh, I'm trying to think through the Gospels and other places. Are there other places in the Gospels that that come right out and spell it out that Jesus loved these individuals? Significant relationship, deep uh, relationship uh, among them. Uh, and I would like to be one of those that, that it could be said of me that Jesus loved Jim. Uh, and it was evident in Jim's life, the relationship he had with Jesus. And so I need to continue changing things. Uh, there, There is so much from a business perspective. There is so much from an organizational perspective. There's so much from a a mission work perspective uh, that can take place and can even take us away from the love of God or can take me away from the love of God. And in my life, I'm trying to bring myself into a place of rhythm uh, 
where the love of God uh, is the most evident aspect of my life, that it is evident that I'm trying to walk with Christ. Now, I, I fail all the time. I do. I, I fail. I, I become moody. I become irritable. Uh, I, I, I fail. I feel harried sometimes. I feel rushed sometimes. That's just part of living in this world, is it not? And I mean, you have paperwork you have to do and in your lives, and I have paperwork I have to do in my life, but I'm trying to, and, and sometimes that means change. Sometimes that means something has to go. Sometimes that means we, we do less of something so that we can glorify God more, actually. And in the midst of that, God shows up because of relationship. You know, if you were to describe your relationship with the Lord, what would it, how would you describe it? My relationship with Jesus looks like, or my relationship with Jesus uh, is demonstrated through, uh, or my relationship with Jesus, with Jesus uh, shows in my emotions in these ways. Uh, my relationship with Jesus shows in, in my love for people in these ways. My relationship with Jesus, you get the point. Uh, verse 5 said this, that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, watching our time here, it says in verse 6, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now, I'm probably going to end on verse 6 this morning. God, he delayed. He delayed. Now, I, I will tell you, sometimes as a pastor, someone will tell me something and they, they're expecting I'm going to jump right to it. Uh, and sometimes you have to let things sit for a while. Sometimes you have to let things percolate for a while. Sometimes you have to let things stew for a while um, in, in another person's life. Sometimes if we step right in and take care of the circumstance, take care of the situation, there's not the opportunity for faith development. Uh, there's not the opportunity to show a greater work. Uh, and all we know so far now, I mean, if you know the story, you know what happens. But from what we've read so far, all we know is that there was this great relationship between Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, uh, such a relationship that, that Mary went to great lengths in the worship of Jesus. We know that uh, <clears throat> Lazarus was sick, uh, sick enough that they would send word to Jesus that, that uh, Lazarus is sick uh, with the hopes that he would... Uh, uh, quickly come to them and heal their brother of his sickness, and so much so that Jesus will say in verse 4, this will not end in death. Now, uh, those hearing the word that are maybe going to go back to the sisters and say, we sent word to Jesus, uh, the disciples hearing these words, the sickness will not end in death, What what is the... Um, the implication, you know, what's the understanding? You're thinking, well, Jesus is saying uh, he's not going to die. It's okay. It'll be okay. Uh, so everybody is perhaps thinking that Lazarus doesn't die. And yet it says in verse 6, these words, 
When he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Sometimes God doesn't just uh, extradite himself into our circumstance. Sometimes he doesn't put other things aside and say, oh, my dear child, I've got to come take care of this right now. Poor Jimmy. No, he doesn't do that. Sometimes he delays. Sometimes he waits. Sometimes he waits so that we will be persistent in prayer. Uh, Sometimes he waits because he wants to form something a little bit more deeply uh, into our character. Uh, As Walter says over in the comments, sometimes we jump ahead of God and decide what what he should do in the situation. Well, God knows best what he will do in the situation. So don't be surprised in in, in whatever you're going through if God delays. I can think of one circumstance, one situation with one of our listeners where uh, where I think maybe the, 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 the person... Uh, feels disappointed in, in maybe my delay or feels disappointed in God's delay. But God is at work. Just believe that God is at work and that God is doing and what he's going to do uh, for the results that he's going to achieve. So we we stop, we pause, we wait, we trust, we believe. We know that if things get dire, God has a plan. Nothing that happens in your life, friend, is outside of God's God's purview, not a thing. And uh, nothing is outside of his control. Uh, If he deems it that he should step right in like that and take care of the circumstance, he will do so. So we end at verse 6. He heard Lazarus was sick. Jesus stayed where he was for two more days. Um, so just to share this uh, prayer request that uh, is is being shared here in the comments, uh, praying for Roberta and her sons, Christopher and Sean, yesterday uh, marked the 19th anniversary uh, of the passing of... Uh, Roberta's son, and Christopher and Sean's brother, Michael. So, uh, Lord, we do pray this morning as we end our broadcast. We we go out praying for Roberta. We pray for Christopher. We pray for Sean, uh, that you would draw them close in your comfort. Yes, it's 19 years, but it never gets, it never gets easier for a parent. So, Lord, we, we pray for Roberta today uh, and for her sons, that you would draw them close. Thank you for the growth in Roberta's life. Thank you for the faith in her life. Thank you for the maturing in her life. And we pray that the same would be true for Christopher and Sean. Lord, give them your comfort. And in situations in our lives, Lord, where we need to trust you, where we feel like you're delaying, uh, help us to, to trust in your sovereignty. Help us to trust in your care. Help us to trust in your perfect will and to yield ourselves to it, that you might be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. We'll see you, Lord willing, over the weekend. Have a good day, everyone.